Connecting life and faith. This is Connections. Basically, we take the etymology of the word compassion, the calm, which means together or with, passion, which means to suffer or endure. And we say, what does that really mean? What does it really mean? Compassion means to endure together. And how do we bring that to children? Um, not just teenagers, I mean children as young as kindergarten, and have them start through their life looking at people first and foremost through the lens of compassion. This is something that has been a passion of today's guest. We're joined today by Tim Huff, who's born and raised in Toronto. He has stitched together a radical life of service among children, youth, and adults facing profound physical, intellectual, emotional, social and spiritual challenges today on Connections. He's going to share a little bit about his ministry compassion series, some of the resources that are available through that, and why he is so passionate about spreading compassion. We're joined today by a man who is trying to make the world a better place. His name is Tim Huff, and he's the director of the Compassion Series. For those who don't know, what is the Compassion Series? The Compassion Series is a program of Youth Unlimited. Uh, Youth Unlimited is one of the working names of Youth for Christ. So I've been with them since 1987, a pretty long while. And basically, we take the etymology of the word compassion, the calm, which means together or with, passion, which means to suffer or endure. And we say, what does that really mean? What does it really mean? Compassion means to endure together. And how do we bring that to children, um, not just teenagers, I mean children as young as kindergarten, and have them start through their life looking at people first and foremost through the lens of compassion. So it's kind of an inspirational teaching, educational resource um, for children and then the adults in their world as well, the parents and the educators. Where, where did the idea of this spark, What what uh, where did it come from for you folks? You know, I worked with uh, homeless youth for uh, 20 years. That was the start of my uh, ministry, 1987, and uh, homeless and uh, what we called then latchkey kids, curb kids. But then it was hardcore hidden homeless kids. And over time, I was in part of that world, and I thought, uh something's missing here why is are these problems getting worse instead of better and i thought you know what we have to find ways to talk to children so they understand these things at a younger and younger age Um, because you know it's another long discussion but my take on homelessness is you know a lot of it is a safety net prevention thing people fall through the cracks because they don't have people caring about them during crisis that's how i end up on the street so it really started with a book called the cardboard shack beneath the bridge my kids were eight and four at the time and i wrote a book that i thought would answer their questions about homelessness and that really took off now my same daughter who's eight has now made me a grandfather so that's how long ago that was but that book has done well so that spurred it on and now i'm working on my 10th book i have nine out already so So this has been a project that's been ongoing for several years. What makes you so passionate about it and what makes you want to continue to do this? Um, I love, uh, you know, the idea. The arc of my ministry work has been about binding up the brokenhearted, finding uh, ways to participate in that. And then, 
you know, not growing weary of doing good. And so you kind of combine those things and you look at culture. And like I said, I work with, uh, I started working with um, developmentally challenged people when I, I was in college and moved on to homeless youth and people that were in prison. I worked with uh, teenagers in prison. I just saw all these people whose hearts were broken along with, you know, their lives in some way. And I just felt that call. Uh, I started out as an artist and a guy in a rock band. I thought those two things were going to be my life. And God just took me in a different direction and said, just get right involved with people. So but when it, so I follow you on Facebook. And one of the cool things I've noticed, uh, besides the flashback pictures from the 1980s rock bands that you posted, <laughs> over, over the years, you combine <laughs> art with the things that you're speaking of, right? Like you've done stuff with Cheryl Bear in the past, I know. And you use art a lot to reach people. Yeah. Uh, in particular, I, I use a lot of co-authors. Um, you know, the the book that's uh, the most uh, uh, alive right now is a book called Am I Safe? Uh, uh, it's a kid's book about... Um, Children, Fear, and Anxiety. So I wrote that with Iona Snare, as life teams out in Vancouver. And this current book I wrote with Margie Timpson. But then you're right, I, I illustrate them because I was an animation student when I was uh, way back, way back out of high school. But then I involved music a lot. So like Steve Bell has been very involved in my work. Uh, one of my dearest friends, and he's written songs for, he wrote a, a song for, um, the Am I Safe book, a companion piece. And Mike Jansen has written a few songs for companion pieces for my music, including for The Jelly Bean Kid, the most recent book, a reflection and pause and prayer piece. So I do try to, my heart is to stretch out beyond just one dimension and, and find other artistic ways of expressing that. So thanks for noticing that. <laughs> <laughs> and you're still including that passion, both of them, which is great into all yeah. of this yeah it really is a heartbeat for what i want to be part of for sure how mm -hmm. does your spirituality kind of play a role in what you do then tim and uh is this is this series for christian kids and christian parents or is this kind of wider than that yeah well uh, i really appreciate that question so i've always been driven so if you go onto the compassion shares website for example and you start to see, well, we want to have Tim or one of his small team members or specialists come in to speak to our school, to our church, to our, our community, whatever. You'll find there's two tracks and uh, you can I have a faith based version of everything and then I have a values based version of everything. Now, all of it comes from the fruit of the spirit, the values based one. Right. All the things that people would love about us as people of faith. Um, in the through the sphere, but I can speak in a Christian school, and where they want me to do as part of the chapel to their students and to their or their educators, or I can go into the public school system, which here in the Toronto area, you know, you have to be high sensitivity about what you're bringing in there. Yeah. So I I love the challenge of bringing the truth in whatever form. I spoke in a Buddhist temple a couple of years ago. Like I mean, however they want me to bring that truth. Uh, I see it as God's truth, and but my faith I will take as deep as I'm permitted for sure. 
One time I got asked to speak at public schools, but I couldn't touch on faith again. It was about getting along with others. So I just explained to the kids how love is patient and love is kind and love does not boast. If you get my drift and the teachers are like, oh, that was so amazing. And I'm thinking like, yeah, it was all Bible, but I just didn't say it was from the Bible. So (laughs) yeah. And when you're working from the word compassion. Yeah. um, You know, it it all comes back to the source of our heartbeat of, of that call from from Jesus. And inevitably, even when I'm speaking in what I call mainstream, but I know Christian music called secular world, I always have people come up and say, so like, are you a Christian? Like, like they're just kind of <laughs> checking if there's someone in who could somehow feel the presence of that. Or sometimes they'll even be bold enough to say, you know, being respectful of, of all the cultures and faiths or non-faiths here, from my Christian perspective, and then I carry on. And so it's not a forced thing, but I want them to know where I'm coming from. And, you know, I'm pretty uh, cautious about what kind of Christian I tell them I am, too. Like, I'm the kind of Christian, this sounds, you'll understand what I mean, I hope. I'm the kind of Christian who means no harm. (laughs) (laughs) Do you know what I mean? Because, which should be uh, just, you know, a ridiculous thing to say. But in this day and age, you know, people are fearful of some of the... uh, the espousing of things they've heard and some of the critique and some of the harshness. So I, I really feel called to present a gentle, loving version of my understanding of Christ. When it comes to the Compassion series and the books and all of the resources, how do you choose what you're going to talk about or what you're going to write about? That's a great question. I kind of follow my heart a little bit. You know, I like I said, I started with... Um, homelessness and the cardboard shack uh, helping children understand homelessness was the first one then I went to disabilities because I've come out of working in in that field as well uh, so it's hard not to stare was the title of it uh, because that's what I remember I said as a child and I hear kids say and so we took on a uh, you know a pretty brave title but it's gone really well and then I just follow what I have felt uh, compelled to that I see culture and children, um, families struggling to talk to, not knowing the words to put in front of it, and not knowing how to actually approach this, what's politically correct and what's age appropriate. And the artwork I do uh, uh, models that as well. Um, now as a grandfather, not just as a dad, I am having a second infusion of passion about all this for how my grandson and grandchildren in the future will, what kind of world they'll grow up in. I'm just so thrilled to be part of that and getting the opportunity to be a young grandpa. I still have lots of ministry years ahead of me, I hope, to, to help process that. <laughs> now you mentioned your books. Uh, your latest one is The Jelly Bean Kid. Mm. This is great. Tell us a little bit about this book and where all of that came from. Well, Jellybean Kid is uh, about a fictional family, and the boy's name is Sammy, who's got a critical and or chronic illness. Uh, we don't lay it out. We lay it fictional so it can represent lots of families, but he's got a little sister, Layla, and a family, and we really work hard to make this a book that addresses uh, all the people that can play goodness in in this situation, so there's a page for parents, page for siblings, grandparents, extended family, medical staff and health healthcare workers 
friends that kids meet in the hospital, like they befriend, again, a special relationship, faith, communities, neighbors, classmates, and educators. So it, it speaks to all of that, that we all play a part. And then, but it is also simultaneously meant to be a love letter to the families that are going through um, these challenges. That's uh, so great because, I mean, that's such a hard spot to be in. I was a youth pastor for a number of years. I had some kids with some pretty exceptional health needs, and it's hard even to know how to minister to them after getting a a degree and how to minister to kids, right? It's a really difficult situation for everybody sometimes. You're so right. And so the way the book is formed is the front end is like all child-friendly. It's what you would read to your kids or with your kids, I mean, from as young as grade one up to whatever age you'd like. But the back end, there's always a guide for parents because a lot of parents uh, want to be educated and things as well, and particularly what to say and what not to say. So at the back of this one, you know, the toolkit at the end, we call it, uh, you know, a comfort guide and resource guide, insights guide, I mean. You know, we talk about what is harmful to say or do and what is helpful to say or do and that comes in uh, a pragmatic hands-on sense it actually comes in a spiritual sense too um you know we say things like suggesting that an illness is a test of our faith as if god did this to test us that this is like a harmful thing to take to a family um and so we kind of lay these out but i must say uh margie and i who works at uh, for Ronald McDonald House at Sick Kids, we didn't just come up with this. We spent time with hundreds of families. We synthesized what they told us, and uh, so that. So I would say the back portion of the guide for uh, adults is as vital as the front end for kids. That's great because really? typically it'll be here's what you can do, but I love this, and it's the here's what you shouldn't do yeah and people don't even think of it so like we say any comment that starts with at least (laughs) is a a problem yeah you know at least (laughs) it's not as bad as this or at least this didn't have and it just there's just no place uh for that and most people think that's helpful and they say well at least this didn't happen or at least you're not as bad as that family in that room and it's just so harmful I, I will say, like, I know it comes from a place of, like, there's this deep desperation to help the person, right? And so we say something like that. Uh, in ministry, I'll never say a phrase like that. But I find myself with my wife trying to help her through, well, at least all of a sudden I'm doing it and I forget, right? And uh, you mentioned, too, like, well, maybe it's a test of your faith or makes me think of Jesus and the blind man and all the people were coming to him. What sin did he or his parents commit, right? And Jesus pretty plainly said no no sin this isn't a test this is life yeah and so a lot of christians then when we say these things they well they struggle saying well then what am i supposed to do i'm a person of faith i want to participate so we actually lay it out we've been very careful about our words in the helpful part one of the many bullet points we say is this is what's helpful hearing prayerful words that are gentle and thoughtful but do not impose theological or religious agendas so to bring your gentle prayers and your thoughtfulness in your faith is lovely. But to decide you're going to like um, make this 
uh, about an agenda of something you've got to say or got to get off your brain or <laughs> out of your you know working notes is just really a harmful uh, I mean if that's an awful way to go you have to be so thoughtful in this situation what has the response been like from the people who have had the opportunity to read this book and to go through all of this well, I'm so thankful to say that the response has been really lovely and that people are thankful that we addressed it and how we addressed it. I think they're really thankful that we, uh, well, have never done this, but like that we didn't guess at one or take one or two people's thoughts and make them into a book. Like we literally uh, spent hundreds upon hundreds of hours in tears with families um, walking through what it could or maybe or shouldn't sound like. I mean, and it was so intense coming off the Am I Safe one and do this one. My next book is actually a book of nursery rhymes. So I'm actually <laughs> kind of going down another path that that'll be the next book coming out. I have a contract for to write a book of really gentle, cheerful nursery rhymes that every so often I need to kind of like veer into a different creative place that's uh gives my own soul a bit of rest and and so i'm excited about that uh, speaking of gentle part of the project for the jelly bean bean kid you mentioned earlier mike jansen wrote mm -hmm. a musical companion piece it's called gently uh, yeah. tell us a little bit about that and tell me why there are no words to this song. <laughs> yeah. So when I asked Mike if he would do this, because he had done one, I had written a Christmas book called the Christmas, Make Way for the Christmas Hush, and it's more of a fun one as well. And like I said, I interspersed some of the, the, the lighter stuff as I'm working over the years. And so I came to him and said, you know, Mike, I don't, you know, we're doing our best to put words to this subject but I think there are no good words for this subject. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, people might need a time for a pause or a prayerful time or something that just, you know, when you go before God and you don't have the words, but you know, he can interpret them. I needed the music to be kind of like that, for, you know, that same sensibility that there's no words to say if you are the mom or the dad or the grandparent sitting in, at your child's bed in the hospital holding their little hand or whatever else. But maybe there's something beautiful we can bring through music. And Mike's a genius. I don't know how well you guys yes. know Mike's work, but <laughs> he's a, yeah, uh, he is actually a musical genius and one of the gentlest, kindest souls you've ever met in your life. And uh, so he put it together and he played it to me over an iPhone. And like I was just in tears from the beginning going, that that is so perfect. And people have loved it. That's amazing. For those who are interested that are listening today, want to know more about the Compassion Series, want to learn more about the Jelly Bean Kid, or want to learn more about you, how can they go about doing that? So everything is at Jelly Bean, uh, sorry, is at CompassionSeries.com. Everything about this book, including the music, some coloring pages I made for kids to color as they have these discussions with adults, is at the same link, CompassionSeries.com, but then it would be slash Jelly Bean Kid. So uh, there's lots of music there. Just on the Compassion Series site, there's music and there's coloring pages and there's all book profiles and media things I've done, other interviews and things like that, link to my TEDx talk, all kinds of stuff. So it's pretty easy to find stuff there. Besides your nursery rhymes, do you have anything else in the works? 
Well, I write adult books as well, so I've written three adult books, and uh, I am working on my first fiction. Uh, yeah, it's uh, called Barnwick McGillicuddy, that's the name of the character, and uh, how he processes moving uh, from one end of Canada to another, having survived a house fire. <laughs> and where is God in that? So. It'll be a crossover book as well. My faith will be in it, but it, it'll be meant for all folks. So that one's taking me a little longer to get through, um, to work through, but uh, it's on the docket as well. So. Well, uh, really grateful for having you on, Tim. I've uh, followed you for a long time and a pleasure to get to speak to you finally and hear about some of your work firsthand. Thanks so much. It's a, a real honor and joy to like meet you and to get this opportunity. Thanks so much. And thank you so much for joining us and for listening today. Don't forget to subscribe. We'll talk to you again on Connections.